get your head in the game. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Ball Up Top Basketball Philosophy. This is part two of our rebounding show. I'm your host, Mike. So last show, we talked about rebounding and like its importance and stuff. This, this show, we're going to go more into what rebounding is and why it's important in games. And the changes to it as it pertains to like positionless basketball. So first and foremost, let's go with what it, like, what it is. For defense, rebounding is the period on their defense. I'm stealing that from uh, one of my co-hosts, D. But it is the period. Like, you play strong defense, you make a stop, and you grab the rebound is, is what is, boom, that's decided. Where if you give up the rebound, it's almost like, if let's say you give up the rebound 20 seconds after a good defense, and now they get a reset of the shot clock to 14. So basically, all that defense you played was for nothing because you gave up You gave up the period. And since most possessions end on either a make or miss shot, it becomes far more important than steals and blocks and causing turnovers because these things are essentially, they're not officially turnovers, but they are a turnover in the game. Where offensive rebounding its importance is because you kept the possession alive. It's about rather than stopping something, it's about keeping momentum or changing the course of a game or keeping your team alive. And it's a second and it's called second chance points for a reason. It's about giving your team a second chance. I look at where guys you got guys like who have noses for the ball. Who are good like Draymond Green is an amazing defensive rebounder, which is part not amazing in terms of um, numbers, but where he positions himself. And he does that, and it allows him, that's part of what allows him to be and utilize the, his other skills, his bringing the ball up down the court, his running the offense. And it allows guys, his outside shooters, to get down court. Where people view that as his ball handling, that has also everything to do with his rebounding, which is what's going to take us into positionless basketball. Positionless basketball is, it's not new, but it's also never truly been utilized. And even in today's NBA, you have some players like LeBron who are positionless and play any position you want them to play. But, you don't have many teams that are actually positionless. Um, probably the, the most famous, at least a modern area, positionless team has been the Golden State Warriors. Because that it's just how they're developed, how they, the, how they put together their roster, and the fact that they have the outside shooting and they have the defense of Draymond, like, it allows them to overcome any size obstacles like Draymond's defense you know he gets over and being able to play centers but not all six seven power forwards six eight power forwards however tall he is could do the same thing uh another team and this is most teams I should say are kind of hybrids for positionless Milwaukee the Milwaukee Bucks are a hybrid for being positionless um because 
all of them are allowed to shoot outside. All of them make key, you know, drive and cut and post. Um, but you, you don't see Bobby Portis bringing the ball down the court. You see Giannis doing it. But you don't see Bobby Portis doing it. So it's almost like they're positionless with some limitations. Or like I said, a hybrid. Um, you take the Lakers. LeBron is positionless. Anthony Davis, as much as he wants to be, is not. Russell Westbrook, who is even a more interesting case, really isn't. But he should be. And, and I'll elaborate on that by saying it's like Westbrook is an amazing rebounder. For, especially when you consider his size. He can do everything out on the basketball court. But because of how he likes to play and dominating the ball, it prevents him from being positionless. Where the problem with positionless basketball, it's not even a problem. It's just, it's why it doesn't work for everybody. Is your best rebounder is typically a big man. And... If you have your best rebounder shooting a lot of threes and a lot of jump shots, it takes your best rebounder out of the equation for what you need him to be, your best rebounder. Those So on the offensive side of the board, those second chance points, is those, those momentum swings become harder and they become, and you start relying on players who are not necessarily your best rebounders to do that. Now, that's not necessarily to say it's a bad thing. It's it's kind of like, it just makes life a little harder. Where on defense, we have, and now because of how bigs are shooting so many outside shots, it's it's pulling the best rebounders out. So you almost have to make those switches on defense to just if you're like Rudy Gobert to make sure that you're still able to get down low because Gobert is a good defender and a very good rebounder and the last thing you want is him consistently playing what 23 feet away from the basket and i think that's part of the reason why you see really good rebounding numbers but not great rebounding numbers because some of your really good rebounders are just playing too far away. And they're playing in ways that are positionless, which might not be the best for their game. Not saying that they can't do it and not even saying that they're not good at it. It just might not be the best for their game. Um, Joker, Joker is surprisingly... If you looked at Joker and his athleticism and stuff... He, he wouldn't be like he's positionless. But in offense, on offense, that man is positionless. And Denver utilizes him that way. But on defense, not so much. You can create those mismatches. But the point being with rebounding is, rebounding ultimately will decide things. Especially series. I am... Um, recently on YouTube heard a story from Kendrick Perkins as who they were talking about, I believe it was yesterday, they were talking about Kobe Bryant, you know, because we just passed his two-year anniversary, and he was talking about how 
Kobe was struggling in Game 7 against Boston. He could not hit the broadside of the barn. But even though he couldn't hit shots, he knew that whoever run the rebounding battle during that series won the game. So he attacked the, he attacked the rebounding and grabbed something like 13, 14, 15 rebounds in Game 7 because he knew how important rebounding was. And you look at things like that, and that's where I think sometimes we as fans lose focus. The sexiest thing in basketball is scoring. It's the three-pointers, it's the dunks, it's the breaking somebody down, for getting a layup. Like it, it, It's fun, it's, it's exciting, but it's not necessarily what's going to take get your team a victory. If you're if you have a guy who the offense is on his shoulders, but he's taking defensive plays off, that is going to hurt your team's rebounding. That's going to hurt that's gonna make them have to work harder on offense. Where if he's engaged and he's going after those things, you're 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 eliminating the amount of shots the other offense gets. Overall, what I would like to see out of the league is I would really like to see them... I would like to see everybody, not just bigs, but everybody, focus on some of the fundamentals of basketball when it comes to rebounding. Now, what it, I'll tell you what it will do. It will slow down. It will slow the game down a little bit. Because these these wide open rebounds people get are what lead to a lot of fast breaks. But it was also going to do is it's going to bring, I feel, a more competitive fire to games because of the physical confrontation. And I'm not saying that I want to see the games break down into fights like the 80s. But I would like to see them be a little more chippy, a little more competitive. I want to see people who want to win and, and, and you can tell by the reactions in the game that they want to win. I want to see people attack the offensive glass and not just wait for the easy rebound. But that's me. And, and, and it's possible. And if, and if you're, that's not you and you like how it really is, like I, I still love the league, even though I, I think there's things to improve on. But rebounding is just the unsung hero of the league. And I feel like the more three-pointers we're shooting, the less attention we're paying to how, how those things happen. We get kind of caught up in the, in the glitz and glamour of, of the big play instead of what sets up the big play. But that's, that's my thoughts. I would like to hear you guys. Um, hit me up on social media. At Ball Up Top Podcast, Instagram, at Ball Up Top Pod on Twitter. Um, one quick announcement. We uh, So I talked about a little bit about it last week. I decided to give more detail. So we have our YouTube show coming out. It's the first time I've done a YouTube show. There's so uh, please bear with me as there's going to be learning from my on my part. And also the subject matter is going to be learning on my part. Because... We are going to do a YouTube show based off of the NBA NFTs, the non-fungal tokens, basically the digital collectibles. 
And so we're going to do pack openings. We are going to sit there and do some commentary and just talk in general. Sometimes just about some of the players we get. And it's it's kind of like an exciting little thing for me because YouTube is going to be new for me. The NFTs is a new thing. And it's something we can learn together. Because I promise you, I'm not going in this as knowing... I'm not going to go in this knowing everything. But I would, you know, I hope you guys tune in. You know, it should be kind of fun. Um, at some point in advanced stages, I don't know when I consider advanced stage. We might even start giving away some of, uh, some of our highlights. We'll see. But until then, I hope everybody has a safe night. Stay healthy. Take care of your loved ones. And I'll catch you all next week. Get your head in the game.